Welcome to day 341 of Shaped by the Word. We're coming not only to the end of uh, our readings through John, but to the end of our year in the New Testament. And it has been a fun uh, a fun year in uh, reading and discussing, you know, the Scripture together and hearing your feedback, you know, as you've read along with us uh, and the encouragement you've given us. And uh, this is a, a great example of, you know, how we live in the Word, in community, in order to be built up you know, in Christ Jesus. So we decided yesterday as we read uh, the first two chapters of First John that there is no way to even begin to summarize or you know, gather up everything, you know, that John is, is trying to tell us. He's taking his gospel and he's applying it in rich ways. So you see, you know, images of, uh, you know, walking in the light. You see images of fellowship, you know, with one another. Uh, you know, you also see images of, you know, the new command, you know, that God has given us, you know, that we love one another, which is not new at all, but it is new because Jesus has, you know, given it a whole new meaning. And uh, we come uh, to another very rich section where, you know, John tells us what we are in Christ as we have been adopted into his family and we are uh, children of the Father. What we will be is beyond our imagination because we will not even know until we see him uh, as he is. So before we uh, continue in uh, in First John uh, chapter three, let's offer this moment to the Lord. Cindy, do you mind lifting us up? No, I don't mind. Father, we thank you for this book of First John. There's so much here, Father, that is just rich and uh, speaks to our hearts. And Father, we would just ask that as we um, open up chapter three, that you would, Lord, by your Spirit teach us um give us what we need for this day um provide for us in a very special and unique way and father in areas of our heart if we need conviction of sin or father need to be encouraged that you would do that work in our hearts so teach us now and deepen our faith and our love for you and it's in christ's name we pray amen first john chapter three verse one See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law, in fact, sin is lawlessness that you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sin, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the work of the devil. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. For this is a message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we pass from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer, 
and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. The one who keeps God's command lives in him and he in them, and this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he has given us. Again, a very, you know, very rich you know, passage. And he's going to keep you know, bringing us back to and hammering on the topic of you know, our sin is you know, conformity to law, but the conformity of law is that we love our neighbor you know, as ourselves, which is remarkable in Scripture. Uh, you know, when the two great commands are love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But the gospel writer said that second one is the measure of our love and for God, we know that we're truly loving him when his love is made manifest. I don't know why you use the word manifest. is made complete in us. And is, I don't guess there's a better word than manifest. It sounds good When to me. his word shows up in our life in a big way, yeah. you know, in the love that we have for one another, which is a supernatural love. Mm-hmm. You have to think, you know, just thinking in light of that, in, in that call to love one another, yeah, I mean, we kind of throw love around in a lot of different ways, you know, even just I'll laugh with students sometimes, like I can say I love Katie, my wife, and I love Taco Bell. You know, it's like a, there's obviously a distinction there, and we can just throw mm-hmm. love around. And, you know, and I think one of the things that John has in mind here, and we've seen it throughout the letter, is, you know, is that love is seeking, you know, the flourishing of another, you know, as God is intended. And, and so it's not just kind of doing whatever we want to do or, you know, but it, it's literally laying down our lives, you know, seeking the good of another uh, as God has intended as we love one another. And that, that's a powerful image, mm-hmm. you know, for, for people to see mm-hmm. the church loving and serving and laying down their lives for one another just as Christ has loved us. Yeah, and, and when it gets to, you know, defining love, he's, he's very uh, he's very concise in defining yeah. it. He gives the big idea first. Love means that we gladly set aside our our rights lay down our lives for one another just the way jesus has laid down his life for us and if you need an example of that you know if you see you know a brother sister in need and you just go oh that's that's just too bad then you have failed Mm -hmm. Uh, it's only as we sacrificially meet the needs of those around us that we're really loving as you know jesus loved and it's not just a sentimental response to uh, you know, someone who in need. It says, you know, "Don't let's not just do this word thing where we talk about love. Let's love in both actions and in truth." And by truth, he means integrity. Mm-hmm. We really have integrity when we meet the needs of those around us. Isn't that something that just sounds so nice when you talk about it, and then when it actually becomes like part of your day, like even maybe later today or tomorrow or the, in a week, where you're kind of asked to sacrificially give of yourself, whether your time, your resources, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it might be, for the sake of another, especially a brother or sister, 
And it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I got this thing to do and that thing to do, and the kids have gymnastics. And so when this really hits practically within the community of believers, um, mm-hmm. what a challenge, but what a beautiful picture of the love of Christ and what a call in our lives. No, in answer to your question, it does not sound nice and easy. When you, when you move it past, you know, let's love one another to let's lay down our lives. Mm-hmm for one another and that does not you know come naturally mm-hmm. you know with one of in, in many of us you know we, we can make a sacrifice but it's usually just a small inconvenience but actually putting your you know putting your life uh, you know putting your concerns aside for the sake of somebody else's uh, you know which you know, Paul says we should look not only to our own interests but also to the interests mm-hmm. of others uh, as well considering others better than yourselves that's what he's talking about here I'm more concerned about his needs at the moment than I am or her needs at the moment you know than I am mm-hmm. and, and of course this is something you know uh, you know Matt told us that he loves Taco Bell and Katie <laughs> and, and of course uh, you, you're called to, you're, how much of a distinction you're called to, to a much I love one more than the other <laughs> and, and we're not going to ask the question for the sake of the embarrassment but we do know that you are called to and to not lay down your life for Taco Bell but to lay down your life mm-hmm. and yeah. to give up your life uh, you know, for you know, Katie, the way that Christ did for yep. the church, and of course, the invitation here is broaden, or uh, to lay down our lives for each other as well. You know, and I find if we're being honest with ourselves, we fail at this constantly, which um, just keeps driving us back to the gospel. And certainly, the preeminent example of laying down one's life was Christ, and so we'll never love out love Christ, or we'll never out sacrifice yeah. what Christ did. But it's just a, the beauty of um, knowing how f- far you miss that and just how much you need the gospel to and, bring and, all that back together. Yeah, and of course he's he's brought out you know that uh, you know that tension again. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, because if his seed remains in us or we've been born again, uh, you know that that we do not you know continue in sin. And uh, I told you if you're, you're reading the whole book of John, you need to stay you know here. Say, you know if anyone says he do not sin. Uh, you know, they make him out to be a liar, and his truth is not in us. We, we, we do sin, but we're not created, you know, for sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a lot of times, this really gives you know people headaches. You know, the work between the tension of those, but both of those are, 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 are real. You know, mm-hmm. as fallen people living in a in a broken world, we will continue in sin. But that's not what we're redeemed for, not what we're created for, and it shouldn't be the trajectory of our life. And, and the last thing that should happen you know, for mm-hmm. us is to be in love with our sin and pursue our sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminds us, you know, the Son of God didn't come to excuse our sin, but to destroy uh, the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we sin, we're reflecting, you know, uh, we're expecting, you know, the character of Satan or the enemy rather than the character of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so these are big tensions. You know that you know John is putting before us. Mm-hmm. Yes, you will sin. No, you shouldn't sin. Well, which is, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a both end that's created by the gospel. Mm-hmm. You have to love you know kind of two two huge truths of you know as a result of us being in Christ is one he says see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God like mm-hmm. th- this this reality for us for all those who are in Christ is now we are the children of God. Then secondly. And you see this in Paul's writings as well. 
you know, our hearts don't condemn us because he's greater than our hearts. And Paul would say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and so not only are we children of God, you know, we're also not under condemnation anymore. Even when we tend to believe, I, I think this is probably one of those passages in the Reformed community mm-hmm. that we need to read more, you mm-hmm. know, because we can kind of, oh, man, we're just such sinners. And, and it's sure, I, I understand the sentiment there, but our hearts don't yeah. condemn us because he's greater than our hearts because there is no condemnation if we're in Christ Jesus. He's well, dealt yeah, finally and, and, of course, John deals with both tensions there. Right, said, yes, if yeah. our hearts condemn us, he is greater than our hearts, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a wonderful truth for us to know that, uh, you know, a lot of times we feel separated from God uh, and apart from the grace of God, and, and we bring, you know, the enemy speaks condemnation in our life. Those around us may shame mm-hmm. us and speak condemnation in our life, but God is greater than the condemnation that we are feeling, and His truth is, is there. And when our hearts do not condemn us, which is the state, you know, that, that we, we, we should be in if we've confessed our sin, and mm-hmm. uh, He has forgiven our sin, and we know He's forgiven our sin, and He's purified us from all unrighteousness, that we, we have confidence before him Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no reason any time that we shouldn't come before him if our hearts don't condemn us uh, he is greater than our hearts if our hearts uh, no it's the other way if our hearts do condemn us Mm -hmm. he's greater than our heart if our hearts Mm -hmm. don't condemn us that's a natural state we should live in and and this is huge for us practically everyday living I mean you see the author of Hebrews is concerned with this you know that let us draw Mm -hmm. near with confidence you Mm -hmm. know because of what Christ has done you know, he's opened up the pathway. He's, he's enabled yeah. us to be in the presence. That, that this has very much to do with our everyday communion with God. And, and as long as we mm-hmm. walk in condemnation or believing we're condemned, we will never draw near with confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll never be the draw near with the comfort of being His children and the confidence of being His children. Instead, we'll we'll think God wants to keep us at a arm's distance. And I know we're a little bit all over the place, but I you know, like where we began. You know. Uh, what we will be has not yet been made known, but yeah. we know that he appears will be like him because we will see him as he is. And of course, to me, this is a great sanctifying truth even now that the more we, you know, grow in him. And John has been talking about this as part of theme, and you know, uh, the Gospel of John and First John. The more we walk with him in obedience to him, the more he reveals himself to us, and the more he reveals himself to us, the more we see his glory, and the more we're transformed, you know, by his glory. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he said, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. In other words, the greatest desire we ought to have is to be like him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's telling us what it means to be like him. It's to lay down your life you know, for a brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to kind of just wait for that one day. Well, one day Christ will appear, you know, and then I'll, I'll be like him. But there is like that present reality of, of purifying yeah. ourselves and, and loving one another mm-hmm. as Christ has loved us and laying down our lives. Yeah, not just something we hope for one day, but something we can live out the reality of now. Yeah, and, and of course, you know that's what Paul is talking about. You know, in his letter, you know, to Corinthians, we all with unveiled faces, beholding, and as in a mirror, the image of God are being transformed in that image from glory to glory. And this comes from God, who is the Spirit. It's a you know not just an immediate work in us, uh, but it is an ongoing work. You know that He, he uh, produces in us mm-hmm. even now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fact that we are children of God. You have indeed lavished your love on us. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that one day we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And Father, we pray as we turn to your word and walk in community 
with one another and seek you that we would increasingly see you as you are and increasingly be transformed in your image as, as Paul tells the Corinthians from one glory to another. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.